This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. In last week's episode, we started on a little bit of a journey. Now, I mean, this whole podcast is about journeys. It's about your journey, Peach, from being a horror film novice to being someone who not only can tolerate them, but enjoy them and enjoy the fear. It's the journey from being a podcast that isn't sponsored by Reshes. <laughs> <laughs> to becoming a podcast that is sponsored by Reshes, or at least is sent a free long neck from Reshes at some point in this podcast run. But we started a new journey last week, and that journey was creating our own feature scripts. And we are now filmmakers. And look, I'm not, I'm not throwing any shade at filmmakers. They do a great job. Well done to all filmmakers. Yeah, yeah good on them. I'm a filmmaker. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. So. Yeah. You, I can't just be like, I'm a lawyer because you had to get a law degree to become a lawyer, right? Yeah. yeah. Whereas, whereas, if, if, and again, I'm not throwing shade at my job, but I'm a creative director at the moment, but anybody could call themselves a creative director and cool, you're a creative director, done. And it's the same thing with filmmakers. So yes, we are filmmakers, but I didn't want to start this film. I didn't want to come up with this film because I'm the one who's seen you too many horror You didn't come up movies. with this film. <laughs> and I didn't, and I didn't. So I threw it to you, Peach. And you've started the journey and Peach, I, like I want to continue that journey today before we get into today's film. Let's recap, Peach. Mm. Tell us about your film, Eyes Up. Okay. Flash forward <laughs> 11 terrifying years into the future. <laughs> it's 11 years into the future. <laughs> yeah. So it's near, it's near enough that it just feels like tomorrow, right? <laughs> Say uh, 2031 has <laughs> yeah, such a good exactly. ring to it. <laughs> exactly. 2031. Everything's kind of the same, but just a couple of things hover, or you know, just a couple of things are uh, yeah, computer enabled or talk to you or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the first few minutes, everything looks a bit normal, but someone's got a robot arm. Everything's normal, but all the cars drive themselves. And so we're like, yeah, look, it's this world, but it's the future. And then a big event. Maybe just the title's role or something. I, I haven't quite come up with a big event. And following that, we find ourselves in the world of Eyes Up, where not only is the only way to show trust with new people, to make eye contact with them, but that's also the only way to transmit the alien virus. I love this world you've created so far. I also love the fact that it comes with a theme song featuring Ludacris and French Montana called Eyes Up. <laughs> and I was also thinking, you know, Monster on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy 
how it, it, it says it features Rick Ross, but Rick Ross basically does a bar or like two bars at the start and then he doesn't appear. I feel like that's all we can afford French Montana for. Did he do, what was the Silver, so the Silver Surfer, like what he dropped on Life of Pablo, like he wouldn't have charged for that. I think if we give him a hundred grand to be like, fucking Spooko, what's up? Eyes up, what's up, Pete Shake? What's good? <laughs> You know, and then, and so it's like French Montana. Like, it's just, it's, just, it's just like, okay, but you've got to call us and we can't answer the phone. And once you get, once you get my answering machine message, just be like, Spooker, what's up? This is French Montana. What's up? Eyes up. <laughs> These guys are filmmakers. <laughs> but anyway, favorite okay, podcast. So, <laughs> my favorite podcast. Rishes, what's up? <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. So, and that song probably happens at the end because it happens at the start. It just ruins the tension. The way we get ludicrous, we pay him nothing. Yeah. But <laughs> we give him like 10, no, we give him 10% of the box office. And that makes sense to him. Then he'll be out in the streets being like, fucking eyes up, my favorite movie, it's sick. He probably has grandkids to feed. Like, holy he, shit. He he would love it. He'd be like, oh, guys, <laughs> I'm all that. <laughs> There's one thing I know about Ludacris, it's that I've probably actually only ever heard about 13 or 14 Ludacris songs, really. No one has ever listened to a Ludacris album. No one. But he's had some great singles and some great features. But anyway, okay. So Eyes Up Pitch. Mm. I've decided, you know, in the spirit of this podcast, to take some of the best bits from other films to start yes. fleshing out this story. I haven't finished it, but I've got the start, and I know what the secret alien virus is. I, I actually know what yes. it is. So it's a combination of it follows and it. It's not a virus. It's not a crazy event. What's happened is there's some it-like being. There's some interdimensional evil god that if you look at this thing, if you just see it, your eyes are opened to the wonders and the craziness of the universe and you can't take it and you slowly go mad and you eventually just explode, right? Yes. But you don't, but that doesn't happen straight away. You see it and... It, it just, it, it, it ticks away in the back. Maybe it lasts for a couple of days. And shout out to Adele, because this was her idea. She was like, maybe it doesn't happen straight away, but something happens after a while and then something happens, right? Because what happens is there needs to be a danger of like looking people in, in the eye, but you also can't know straight away that you caught the thing. So, yes, so what's yeah. happened in this world? So this is what's happened in this world. So at some point, somebody saw this thing. They An look astronaut. at someone else. Came back from space. Astronaut, there it is. It's an astronaut came back from space, saw this thing, looked at someone else. They saw it in their eyes. And, and like a virus, it should be able to die because after a couple of days, you go totally crazy and explode. Yes. But, or maybe you just go crazy, actually explodes to, maybe you just bleed out your eyes or something. Yes. And, and then, then you, whatever, right? And it should die. But because you're open to the wonders of the world, but it takes, like the universe, but it takes a little while, you lose all your inhibitions. So... One of the ways you can start to work out if people have this thing is they're like, whatever, I'm just gonna look at everything. Shut up, that's what I do. And that it's like, and, and that's why, and that's why this thing is passing around. Okay, so anyway, so that's what it is, right? But remember, we also talked about we need a hero. Now yes. our hero is blind, and classic horror movie trope in this world, there are those horror movie mental asylums, but what what they put in there are blind people because no one trusts blind people because they're like, well, hang on, if blind people can't catch this thing, maybe they... Classic human behaviour, right? Oh, like, 
They, it's a classic blind conspiracy. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. So, and obviously black people didn't do it, but it's, it's also a comment on society. So this is our like Jordan Peele moment where we're yes. being like, prejudice sucks, dudes. Don't hate on blind people. So it starts, in, it starts in like a mental asylum and there's the evil psychiatrists who are like, tell me about how you're not <laughs> causing this thing. And they're like, we're not, we're just blind. And it's like, oh. Like another like- blindie. <laughs> Get your eyes up. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. So, Pete, this is what I've got to in Eyes Up so far, right? We set the scene in this world. We probably, I think you're right. Like pre-credits, it's the before time. It's yeah. 2030. <laughs> and then the credits go up and now we're in 2031. The world's changed. First 15, 20 minutes happens in this mental asylum for blind people. Now, what happens? Someone in the mental asylum catches it and explodes, right? Yep. And so things go crazy and they're like, oh my God, what's happening? And in the craziness, our hero, who I think we'll have to give a name, but Peach, I want you to think about the name of our hero. No, no, the opposite. It'll be like... He has a weird nickname that's never quite attributed to him because this this is a film that is going to be very attractive to boring men aged between 14 and 23. <laughs> love Fight Club. So you know how the Edward Norton character doesn't have a name? Mm. And in the credits, he'll be called The Man or something. Yes, like that. that's okay. right. But, 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 so this person dies, there's craziness, there's a bit of a riot. And in the craziness, the man uses someone else's skin to escape. <laughs> it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, and he uses the skin of the evil psychiatrist. And so as he's walking out, they're like, oh, skin analysis. <laughs> I'm a futuristic droid. Skin oh, analysis. <laughs> only authorized skin people can leave. <laughs> Oh, don't worry, it's me. (laughs) All right, so that's where we're up to in Eyes Up. I'm loving this film so much already. We're probably about 20 minutes in, but this is Spooko, and it's all about getting you over your fear of scary movies. And I want to give a shout-out to our Insta because we had a friend of the pod, Molly, suggest that perhaps you're a fan of the British pastoral folk horrors and suggested a couple of them. And I realized one of them is like a classic we've never done. And I really wanted to share with you today because it's actually one of my faves. And I think the story is cool enough that it's, even if you don't like horror films, like everybody should know the story of this because it's such a cool story. Today, we are doing The Wicker Man. Thanks, Molly. I am here to investigate the disappearance of a young girl. Where is Rowan Morrison? If Rowan Morrison existed, we would know. I suspect not, then. Sergeant, I'm already In the name of God, woman, what kind of mother are you? That can stand by and see your own child slaughtered. Where is Rowan Morrison? Oh, my God! favorite preview i bloody love nick cage i presume we're <laughs> not doing the remake or, or are we, are we doing hey, no we're not doing the remake and i had a I had a thought about nick cage right mm. so because obviously, obviously you think about the wicker man you think about the terrible remake where they change key points of the story t- to a degree that makes no sense 
and you know strikes me as it goes back to my point before that anyone can be a filmmaker it's like that film truly proved that anyone can be a filmmaker but okay so we've talked about this before about nick cage how we all used to think he was the greatest actor in the world and now we realize he's not is it just that we've gotten better at understanding what makes a good actor I think it's almost the opposite, right? So, you know, I'm trying to, like, the TikTok algorithm thinks weird things about me, right? So the TikTok algorithm throws me, like, 85% videos of people doing slam dunks. (laughs) But here's the thing, here's the thing. You love that. The algorithm knows. This is is the point I'm coming to. And the other 15% is, like, odd people doing inspirational videos. Mm. And so I'm like, I didn't know I liked Matthew McConaughey talking about success or something. <laughs> <laughs> but like, apparently I do. <laughs> and the TikTok algorithm's like, Paige, don't worry about it. Wealth creators, crown, crown, crown account got the, has got just the TikTok for you. <laughs> and it's Matthew McConaughey. Finally breaking down what it means when people describe you as a great actor. And saying, <laughs> look, people can say what they want. I've been called a great actor. I've been called the best. I've been called a bad actor. I've been called the worst. What really matters is fucking blah, blah, blah. Who cares? But I watched it three times. <laughs> Before watching an amazing video. Like, I don't care about basketball. But watching Kobe Bryant block shots is awesome. He just goes, bam, and really stops people from... Which I don't even know if it's good or not. But in any case, Matthew McConaughey was interviewed. And the, and the question was, like, why are you so great, Matthew McConaughey? And he's like, well, a number of reasons. And it just comes back to your wise point that you made, feels like, years ago, that context is everything. And that the McConaughey experience we're all having of feeling like he's a great actor now is just some bizarre collective agreement we've all reached that he's good. Mm. In the same way that we reached a bizarre collective agreement that Nick Cage was good. And it just sort of goes to show not that we understand acting better. I actually think we don't really understand acting. And so someone says, hey, Blogsy's a great actor. I'm like, oh yeah, classic Blogsy. He's my favourite. Like apparently Robert Pattinson is the greatest actor of our generation. And apparently um, Bellatrix Lestrange, who plays opposite him in the Twilight movies, she's the greatest actor of her generation. And so, oddly enough, Twilight was the combination of the two greatest actors of their generation because people have said they're great. And I, and I just don't know what to make of the idea of a great actor. Peach, I love this. Uh, I think that's so true. I think that idea of a collective agreement is so right. And I think, I, I think it's based on two things. Number one, there is just too much stuff for us to form an opinion on at the moment. It's just easier to take an opinion. But and people say Meryl Streep's shit now. And I'm like, hang on, no. <laughs> like, aren't, I, aren't I meant to think she's great? Like, just yeah. tell, me, tell me what to think. Yeah, and exactly. Think- and I, it's, I mean, the classic example is no one gives a shit about painting anymore. No one gives a shit about art, really. But yeah. people will still use the Mona Lisa as a reference. Which like, is fucking so irrelevant. About that Totally, totally. It's so irrelevant. No one cares about the painting. The, I, I'm sure, you know, if the Louvre hasn't lost all its money and it still allows people to enter in the next couple of months or whatever, there will still be lines to see it and crowds around it every day for zero reason other than the fact that society as a whole came to a collective agreement that it's the greatest painting of all time. Like, you and I have seen a Martin Scorsese film 
that came out in the last like 18 months. It sucks. It's like so an idiot old man. I was like, who gives a shit what you think? <laughs> like, I don't like you're dumb and old. All your actors are dumb and old. None of this matters. But still, you know, we went and saw it. Every every scene in every month's Cosani film is like, so uh you think uh, you think this guy's gonna come through with the goods? Oh, I think he's gonna come through with the goods. Uh, you know, oh, the no, goods, like... huh? Hey, I'll come through with the fucking goods. <laughs> I got your goods right here. Although... <laughs> all right, okay, all right. No, Peach, this has been super fun, but I do. We do have want to stop to... having fun. I agree. We do, yeah, fun, fun. <laughs> fun, fun. <laughs> I always, I always forget that. Why, while I love the premise of this podcast, it does stop us. You hate the horror movie bit. It's the bit I like the least as well. <laughs> I love the shit. All right, no. Peach, uh, let's spice it up. Come on, come on, let's spice it up. Yeah, let's spice fine. it up. Best this actor is a great film. Robert Pattinson. This is a great film. Imagine Robert Pattinson's in this film. Oh. He would be great in this role. I also like side note. I love Kristen Stewart. I hate when everybody down talks her. Adventureland is the most underrated romantic comedy of all time. It's phenomenal. Ryan Reynolds in a great role as the bad guy ends with like one of the most romantic sex scenes ever. Great use of replacement songs. Jesse Eisenberg just being Jesse Eisenberg. He's never played another role other than himself, and he's great at it. Perfect film. Kristen Stewart rules. Everyone can go to hell. You've got the, the old peach seal of approval. <laughs> let's, let's jump into The Wicker Man. Big ups to Molly. This is today's film. It's from 1973. So just, you know, put a like hazy, washed out lens over this in a very like filmic, you know, 25, however many millimeters is film, 16, I don't know, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Put that, put that, fil- put that Instagram filter on, every, on all the images you're putting in your head. Molly, so, for you, I'm drinking a Chardonnay rather than a Reshers. That's for you. Police Sergeant Neil Howie journeys to the remote Hebridean Island Summer Isle. Hebridi- I think it's one of those islands of the Outer Hebrides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Okay. All right. But okay. Some of us aren't dumb. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's also, also, let's talk about collective things. The idea that you know anything about geography as uh. an indicator of intelligence. Yeah. Oh, how many European capitals start with the letter T? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm fucking good. <laughs> but I mean, the reason I'm talking about that is because for some reason we all just do trivia nights now. Like that's, that is what we do now. So Police Sergeant Neil Howie journeys to the remote Hebridean Island Summer Isle to investigate the disappearance of a young girl, Rowan Morrison, about whom he has received an anonymous letter. Now that's important about that he's received. he has received an anonymous Okay. Yeah, yeah. Where are his eyes? Shag when he's looking around. (laughs) Maybe every film's eyes up secretly. Oh, shit. If we make a film that is about filmmaking, that is like the definitive movie of its generation. So, so Peach, I don't know if you've seen, like, uh, the, the, the ad world's such a wank and it's a massive circle jerk and lots of other masturbation metaphors, but... Not the legal world. Legal world, 100% mature. <laughs> <laughs> Grown-ups only. <laughs> mature personalities only. They're completely different for us. I don't know if you ever saw the Tide ad that, you know, won every award sort of last year. It stars the sheriff from Stranger Things and it was based on like a pretty fun insight that 
most ads have people wearing really nice clean clothes because that's what looks good on TV. But what made those clothes nice, probably Tide because Tide is a detergent. So thus, every ad is actually a Tide ad. And so it, it was this fun campaign where it's basically like, it, start, it always starts as another ad, but all of a sudden, no, it's not a car ad, it's a Tide ad. This isn't a beer ad, it's a Tide ad, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, could, I, that's fun. We could have callbacks to other films in this film Yes. To be like, maybe that was Eyes Up as well. Maybe uh, Eyes Up. Uh, <laughs> if it turns out we've made every horror film in history. <laughs> Eyes Up. <laughs> anyway, okay. All right, all right, all right. So Howie is this police officer who's received this anonymous letter, goes to this island, Summer Isle. He's a devout Christian. And so when he gets there, he's pretty freaked out because he finds the islanders don't, you know, go to a Christian church, but pay homage to the pagan Celtic gods of their ancestors. Are we about two thirds through now? We're just, <laughs> we just building to a crescendo? No, 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 no. This is, this is very early on. But also, I, I will preface this by being like, when I, when I said that Midsummer is the Wicker Man, Midsummer is basically the Wicker Man. But anyway, let's, we'll, we'll get there. Okay. Man, I'm so, fucking having fun. I love the Wicker Man. More than just, you know, paying homage to the pagan uh, Celtic, Celtic gods, not Celtic gods, sorry. Pagan Celtic gods, they copulate openly in the fields, uh, include children as part of the May Day celebrations, teach children of the phallic association of the Maypole, and place toads in their mouths to cure sore throats. Consent doesn't seem to be a big part of the, uh, these traditions. No, but I mean, I'm all for... Like thorough good phallic symbols for children. I yeah, yeah no, but I, I don't think let's we just, should. <laughs> let's let's a, just let's, say neither you nor I are members of Celtic cults, nor do we endorse one. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Anyway, so the islanders, including Rowan's own mother, appear to be attempting to thwart his investigation by claiming that Rowan never existed. Again, solid start. Okay. To like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm about it. Rowan. Well, Ro- so Rowan's the Rowan girl who? So, so, sorry, you, like, sorry. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> like, right, man, I'm, like, I'm in the movie. I'm having a great time. But Pete, it's 1970s England, so it's got to be like, Rowan, you were there. You fucking what? Yeah. <laughs> Warning. Oh, I wish Bugsy Malone could be in this film. So can we talk more about Bugsy Malone? He'd be like, yeah. yeah. Like, how do you do like a Scouse kind of like Bugsy Malone accent? He would be in there just warning people to get back. He'd just, he'd just love it. I get a lot of music tips from you. And one of my favourite things is because you've been into grime way before it's had its recent moment, you know a lot of rappers that are miss the boat on the grime resurgent and are awesome but no one cares about like all the peers of skeptic skeptic's like 48 years old or something skeptic and he has a lot of stinks peers. can i go on the record <laughs> skeptic stinks. he's a shit rapper he's a shit rapper real like real 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 talk oh, and, like and oh. this is beef i'm really di- like you know i know what this means and i'm really <laughs> relaxed I need to, like, I'm going to keep footage of this where you publicly call out Skepta for being a terrible rapper and then just drink a Chardonnay. I am a better rapper than Skepta. <laughs> you are a better rapper than Skepta. 
Most rappers are better than Skip. Technically, you're 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 speaking on a. a, a no, as a no, I'm also speaking as just an audience member, as just someone who listens and sits, enjoys. <laughs> and I'm speaking right. as someone who has done so from in front of the microphone and behind the microphone and next to the speakers and with the ear, earbuds in. And I'll happily say, Skepta, yes, you can make beats and congratulations. You are a shit rapper. His beats are excellent. Yep. Anyway, okay, okay so, so, so Howie, he's in Summerall looking for Rowan. People just having sex in the fields, not worshipping God, worshipping pagan gods. He's freaking out. But, but he decides to stay because he's like, no, something's going on here. I need to find out what's happening. So he stays at a place called the Green Man Inn. Now, while he's there, he notices a series of photographs celebrating the annual harvest, each featuring a young girl as the May Queen. So it is actually Midsummer. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm still having fun. Like, I'm finding this pretty atmospheric. Uh, does it look good? Is it an attractive? Uh, it looks phen- it looks phenomenal. It's yeah. so good, and it has this awesome. We're going to get to a bit with the song later on, and I- I'll explain that when we get to that. Okay, but meanwhile, the photograph of the most recent celebration is suspiciously missing. The landlord tells him it was broken. The landlord's beautiful daughter Willow attempts to seduce Howie, but despite his inner turmoil, he refuses her advances. He enters the local school and inquires about Rowan among the students, but all deny her existence. He checks the school register and finds Rowan's name in it. He questions the school teacher and she tells him about her burial plot. After seeing Rowan's burial plot, Howie meets the island's leader, Lord Summerall, grandson of a Victorian agronomist. I don't know what an agronomist, agronomist is. Yeah, I think when you study agriculture at uni, but it's sort of, so, so from a market perspective, from a like macro perspective. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. oh so uh, like the business of farming. Yes. Yes. But 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 from a from a broad perspective, from an in- like how industry. It, yeah. Not from a micro perspective. From a macro perspective. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. That gotcha. Makes, oh, fuck. No. No. Totally makes sense. I, okay. Yeah. Oh. Bugsy Miller anyway, would have be- done a better job. He would have done. <laughs> <laughs> but meanwhile, so so he visits he visits Lord Summerall um, to obtain a permission for an ex- exhumation. Summerall explains that his grandfather developed strains of fruit trees that would prosper in Scotland's climate, and encouraged the belief that old gods would use the new strains to bring prosperity to the island. Over the next several generations, the island's inhabitants fully embraced pagan religions. I think that's such a cool plot point. So it's not like they've always been doing it. You know, someone who was like trying to get people excited about like farming here used it as a way to keep people like on the leash. Horror? Like I'm having fun. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Mm, 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 mm. All right. Okay. So Howie finds the missing harvest photograph showing Rowan standing amidst empty boxes. The harvest had failed. His research reveals that when there is a poor harvest, the islanders make a human sacrifice to ensure that the next harvest will be bountiful. He comes to the conclusion that Rowan is alive and has been chosen for sacrifice, which is sick, right? Like such a good, like like that's awesome and terrifying. Like the realization moment you'd be like, Oh fuck. So, so one thing, one thing I just want to backtrack on is, you know, I talked about there being a really cool musical moment in this. So, I think I missed it because obviously Wikipedia, and again, look, I'm sorry, Wikipedia, you guys do a great job. 
you don't bring out Duncan, the new blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, congratulations yeah. on Wikipedia, but yeah, you suck. But but yes, um, good on them. So there's a moment when he's sleeping at the Green Inn and outside, and I'm pretty sure this is how she tries to seduce him, the daughter like sings this song. And it's like an old English folk song that then gets sampled on that awesome Massive Attack album, Mezzanine. And I remember when I watched this film, I saw this film after I'd heard Mezzanine and it blew my mind that there was that connection. And I love that about the way music and film works. Anyway, like it's, it's, it is work. Go, that there's, a, there's a song midway through Mezzanine that doesn't seem to fit where it's like, It's like that. It's amazing. Anyway, but I, I will keep going. Anyway, so he's worked out what's going on. He thinks that Rowan is still alive and she's about to be sacrificed on May Day. So he's Sick. like, fuck, I've worked this out. I've got like, I'm, I'm a cop on this island full of these people. How am I going to do this? So during the May Day celebration, Howie knocks out and ties up the innkeeper so he can steal his costume and mask that have punched the fool and infiltrate the parade which is sick. When it seems the villagers are about to sacrifice Rowan, he cuts her free and flees with her into a cave. Exiting it, they are intercepted by the islanders to whom Rowan happily returns. This is where shit gets so cool. Samaral tells Howie that Rowan was never the intended sacrifice. Howie himself is. He fits their God's four requirements. He came of his own free will, has the power of a king because he represents the law, is a virgin because he was a hardcore Christian, and is a fool. Defiant, Howie loudly warns Samaral and the islanders that the fruit tree strains are failing permanently and that the villagers will turn on Samaral and sacrifice him next summer when the next harvest fails. Samaral angrily insists that the sacrifice of the willing king-like virgin fool will be accepted and then the next harvest will not fail. Okay, so... I'm having at, heaps of fun. Like, this at, is sick. This is the final sort of scene slash shot of the film. And now you're about to find out why the film's called The Wicker Man. And I love, I love a film where the title is, this is exactly what happens, and you won't understand that till the end. Like, that is such a clever feat. I'm always in awe of it. And The Wicker Man does it perfectly. All right, so the villagers force Howie inside a giant Wicker Man statue along with various animals that's like, it's, it's basically like, it's, it's maybe a three-story tall scarecrow made of straw, and there's a cage in the middle, and they just force him in. They then set it ablaze and surround it, singing the Middle English folk song, Summer is Ikumin, which I think is that song that Massive Attack sampled. Inside the Wicker Man, a terrified Howie recites Psalm 23 and prays to God before cursing the islanders as he and the animals burn to death. The head of the Wicker Man collapses in flames, revealing the setting sun. Uh, uh, I think that was really good mm. can i press you mm -hmm. is it a horror film yes i think it counts as a horror film they call it folk horror yeah okay because if i press that on was it a horror film then i press midsummer on was it a horror film mm, exactly 
I think, you know, for me, if I, if I, if I was going to define what a horror movie is, it should feel a little bit like a nightmare. Like, you know, the original creators of Chainsaw Massacre set out to do. And I think The Wicker Man definitely has that nightmarish tone. And so this brings me back to the fundamental question of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Why is that good? <laughs> you know? Because... Because, no, and, and Pitch, I think that's a fair call, but it reminds us of our humanity. And I think that's the most important So part. do romantic comedies, you know? No, like, they don't. In no, Because romantic comedies are based on no truth. They're based on false human emotions. Whereas horror is based on a true one, which is fear. Oh, because I'm feeling it. In fact, that's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is the love in a romantic comedy is false. Like, it is not a real thing. It's based on tropes upon tropes upon tropes. You know, like... If, if you, we've all seen that Onion article where it's like, you know, man goes to jail for romantic stunt that would have fit well. Like, I'm, I'm doing the... the, the but the love actually, justice. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so the love actually line of like, we watch it and are deceived into feeling good, as it were. Yeah. Like, Whereas I feel like a horror film actually connects you with your, with your humanity and your mortality better than a an emotionless well like a like a falsely manipulative film ever could i know i'm gonna die like i don't need to see you don't though and you don't think about it you don't think about it you don't you don't i do <laughs> no actually you do <laughs> you do all the time well shag now that we're filmmakers i think this is exciting new territory to for us to be walking into I'm so excited to see where Eyes Up goes next. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?